Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Stand up for your country. Well, it is late September and we still don't have a good polling profile on the midterm elections. It's back and forth, in and out, depending on the poll. Some of the polls are crooked, as you know. Some are better, but I can't get a handle on this, so we'll try again tonight to give you an idea of what may happen on November 8th. Now, all Americans, every one of us, should vote for problem solvers. I've said this from the beginning of my career. Ideology is okay if you believe strongly in a conservative principles. I, that's good. Same thing with liberal principles. But you got to put that aside somewhat when there is an election that affects you directly. And you have to vote for the person who can solve the problems rather than just bloviate and blah, 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 and do nothing. That, that's why it was a shame that Donald Trump lost. I don't care. He could have run on the mugwump ticket. Trump solved some pretty difficult problems, including the border and kept inflation at 1.3%. Come on. But because of his personality, Americans voted a motion and they voted in a man, Joe Biden, who can't solve any problems. And he hasn't. And he's made things worse. That's a good example. So you might not even like a candidate that's running. But if that candidate is smart and you believe that candidate's background proves he or she can solve problems, vote for him or her. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points Memo. So there are a number of unresolved problems in this country. You know what they are, but I'm going to put them on the screen. For those listening on the radio, I will read them. These are problems that are not being addressed, not being solved. All right, number one, southern border. Okay, two, inflation, three, drug smuggling and drug use, four, social media censorship, five, wild government spending, six, high prescription drug prices, seven, violent crime, eight, political division, nine, airline chaos, 10, Putin and China. All of those things are serious problems. Joe Biden uh, got any solutions to it? Now, you're going to say, well, do the Republicans? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is we have a president who, after 21 months, doesn't have a solution for any of that. That's what I do know. So it's like a guy batting 0, 0, 0 on the Mets. Well, I don't know if the other player that I bring in is going to hit better, but the guy hitting zero, 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 not doing a job. So I got to give somebody else a chance. Simple man, simple logic. Now, in November, we have a number of races in the House and Senate, which will either strengthen Joe Biden's position as president or weaken it. So I want to weaken it. Is that mean? No, I don't want Joe Biden to do any more damage to me and my family. <laughs> He's done plenty. He's done enough damage to me and my family. Now, I'm, I'm giving it a personal touch. I'm not being selfish. I don't want him to do damage to you and your family either. But I'm trying to explain that I can't vote for Democrats in November. I, I voted for Democrats last time around. 
a couple here on Long Island, but I can't do that now because the Democratic Party is hurting me and you, unless you think those problems I just told you about are not significant. All right, so partisanship, no. All right, that's why network and cable news is failing. People had enough of partisanship. I mean, I know some people are zombies and they just want to hear what they believe over and over and over again. I know it, but not many. Right? They want a clearly defined solution to a problem. They want to think things may get better. Under President Biden, they are not going to get better. In fact, they'll get worse. And that is the memo. Now, I'm going to give you two tips here. The excuse for not solving problems is very interesting. Roll the tape. There's a lot of hard work to do. Look, the president and the party has delivered. We still have work to do, but there's a plan uh, to get it done. Uh, So we're making a lot of progress on the agenda. We have a lot more work to do. With all of this progress, it's important to acknowledge that there's more work we must do together. We understand there's more work to do, of course. I think the Republicans can win a red wave, but there's a lot of work that they still have to do. (laughs) There's work we have to do. Yeah, I got to do work. When you hear that, that means I don't have a clue on how to solve anything. But we have work to do. We're going to do that work. (laughs) You know, look, if you watch and listen to me every night, I have the solutions to the problems. Bill at BillOReilly.com. You got a problem? Send it to me and I'll give you a solution. And I don't have more work to do. That's my work. I solve problems. So these cliches over and over and over. It's like watching these interviewers on television who get paid a lot of money. What do you make of that? When you hear an interviewer say that to an interview subject, what do you make of that? That means the interviewer is too lazy to think up a question. So they dump it in the lap of the guest. What do you make of that? It's so ridiculous. When you hear that, you know that the interviewer is no clue. When you hear, we have work to do, You know the politician or the pundit does not have any idea on how to deal with the subject matter. All right, President Biden's schedule today. At 145, he delivered remarks on the Disclosure Act. Now, I like this Disclosure Act. Somebody tell Joe Biden, I like this. This would, uh, if it passes into law, require dark money people like George Soros all right, to be exposed. So if you were a political action committee and you got more than $10,000 from somebody, you have to put that person's name down in a public disclosure. That's why it's the Disclosure Act. Yes. Good, Joe Biden. Good. Dark money is horrible for this country. All right, at 7.30, I got invited to dinner tonight with Big Shots at the U.N. in New York City. I don't know why they wanted me, but they invited me. Very kind to invite me. And I told them I can't go because I can't get into New York City. 
I live 20 miles away. I can't get there. Why? Because Joe Biden's coming in to the U.N. confab. And no one will be able to get in and out of that city. You can't. On a, on a regular day, it takes me about an hour and 45 minutes to go 20 miles to get into Manhattan. Now, I'd have to bring a tent. I'd have to sleep on the side of the road. So I had to decline the invitation because I couldn't get into New York City. Now, Biden's got no problem. He lands at 525 at Kennedy Airport, Air Force One, and then there's a motorcade. So everybody else has to stop. And you can imagine it backs traffic up to Montauk, all right, and it drive Albany and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, on the, on the west side. So he zooms in, but nobody else can move. This is not an exaggeration. If I had accepted my dinner invitation, which would have been about 7.30, I would have had to leave my house at about 3.30. Four hours to go 20 miles. I get one of these little scooters, I guess. But even then, you know, the cops are going to stop everybody. So Biden's here in New York. Um, there's a report today from the Heritage Foundation. We like the Heritage Foundation. They're conservative, but they're pretty accurate. The conservative uh, Heritage Foundation says that Joe Biden's 100 executive orders, since he's been in office, he's on 100 of them, have cost the taxpayers $1.5 trillion. It's just staggering. Because all Biden does is buy votes. That's what this college loan forgiveness thing was all about. Buy votes, give people stuff. When Biden said on 60 Minutes, the COVID epidemic is over, Scott Pelley, who slept through the whole interview, read my message of the day, please, uh, should have said, well, uh, are you going to then revoke the Emergency Powers Act in COVID, Mr. President? Of course, Pelley didn't do it. He wasn't even listening to him. Um, and Biden isn't. He's keeping the COVID emergency in place, but saying the epidemic is over. Why? Because under the COVID Emergency Act, Biden give money out to anybody he wants. Anybody who wants, here, take it, take it. Buying votes. That's what the Democratic Party does. All right, as I mentioned, top, uh, the polls are all over the place on the midterm elections coming up fast. Very, very fast. Uh, so we put in an emergency call to our Batman, put the little uh, signal up in Gotham for uh, Doug Schoen to appear to straighten us out, to tell us what's happening Doug is a Democrat political strategist, an honest man. He joins us out from New York City. You're not going out tonight, are you, Doug, in uh, Manhattan? Are you going out? Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. <laughs> it's insane. People have no idea, don't live in New York, how crazy this is here. 
All right. So look, I have some, I'm a simple man, as you know, far too simple uh, to do what I do. So I've got some questions. All right. In the last two weeks uh, since Labor Day, all we've heard from the leftist media is that the Democrats are making a comeback. All right. A comeback. And that they may not even lose the House. You write a column on the Hill. It says, I don't think so. And then the NBC News poll that's out this week says on the issues that are vital to Americans, inflation, things like that, Republicans are ahead 60 to 40. So who's lying here? Can you clear it up? Sure. Bill, it's a tight race now. The Republicans are either even or a little bit ahead on the generic vote, district by district. Again, relatively close, but reports of Democratic momentum are vastly exaggerated. They're based on one special election and a little momentum that was generated by the inaptly named Inflation Reduction Act, which, as you know, and you've told your viewers, doesn't really reduce inflation at all, maybe increases it. A bottom line, Bill, um, from what I see, the House is still going to go Republican. The Senate, 50-50. Okay, but when 50-50, I don't really understand that. So sure. Georgia, you've got Herschel Walker, not the strongest candidate in the world. I mean, very inarticulate, personal problems, up against Warnock, yeah. a far-left guy. Yeah. Uh, Georgians are getting hammered economically. Uh Everybody's suffering in a peach state. Uh, Kemp, the governor, is well ahead of Stacey Abrams. I think Kemp will walk in fairly uh, easily. But I, I said, I, I'm betting my liberal friend in Atlanta that Herschel Walker will win that race, that there are not going to be that many people crossing from Kemp to Warnock, and that I think Kemp will carry Herschel Walker in. Polls have... Walker up one or two, which is essentially a tie. I, I agree with your analysis. I've looked at a lot of polling data, and if Kemp wins by, as I suspect he will, more than seven or eight points, I think you give Herschel Walker a very slight advantage, especially in a midterm election, where the inclination of voters is to vote against the party in power to win the government. Okay. Florida, Rubio is going to win. I don't care what the Miami Herald says. Um, I can't see him losing, can you? It's a tight race, but again, I believe DeSantis is likely to beat Charlie Chris, though DeSantis has come down a bit. I think what we saw in 2020 is that there was an outpouring of Democrat, I'm sorry, Republican turnout for Trump at the end that exceeded the pollsters' expectations. So I'd make Rubio a narrow favorite in a state that is likely to stay Republican. Why is it so narrow for Rubio? He seems to be a good senator to me. He's not screwing up, is he? No, he hasn't been screwing up, but Val Demings is the kind of Democrat you and I like. Tough on crime, former police uh, officer, and running away from the National Party. All right. And she is a woman of color. And, and that is a boost in Florida. It is indeed. OK, so we go to Arizona now. If I'm in Maricopa County, that's Phoenix, which is dominates the state of Arizona. 
I don't want Mark Kelly in there. Not that I think Kelly's a bad guy, but he's a rubber stamp progressive. Whatever the progressives want, Kelly's going to do. And Arizona's a state under siege from migrants, from undocumented migrants. So why wouldn't everybody in Arizona vote against the Democrats? The simple answer to that is Donald Trump and Blake Masters being a, an election denier and very, very far to the right. If they had nominated a candidate who was more centrist, like the former governor, uh, they'd, uh, they'd have a be better well- chance. Do you think Masters has a chance to be Kelly? I think he does. The most recent poll I saw over the weekend had the race plus two for Kelly, down from about seven or eight. So, yes, Masters has a chance. If he uses the border issue, as you wisely suggest, it can That's only it. help. That's yeah. and, and inflation. So then you go yeah. up to Nevada, north of Arizona, and you got Laxall, very uh, experienced politician yeah. in that state. Again, very tight race for Senate. But I say Laxall wins. Again, people in Nevada are suffering through inflation. They're getting hammered. And the border issue is, is an issue there as well. And uh, the polling most recently has shown an uptick for Laxalt. The most recent numbers have him about a point ahead. Do you think Laxalt wins that race? I, I think it's 50-50. There is a very strong Democratic machine. Used to be Harry Reid's in Nevada. They are very active on behalf of Kathy Cortez. Yeah, myself. and that's all Vegas-centered. Um, exactly. That machine <laughs> that represents uh, the unions and the service yeah. workers. Exactly. Okay, so then you go to New Hampshire, and I, 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 it's another very conservative man, Bulldog, running on the Republican side. So you got to figure the incumbent Maggie Hassan will win in the Granite State. But boy, oh boy, there's not a lot of discretionary income up there. And I'm going, you're going to really vote a Democrat in who's going to rubber stamp everything Biden does? And again, the polls there are now within five or six points. I would agree with you. If I had to bet, I'd bet on. Maggie Hassan, but uh, Bullduck has got a chance, especially if he can broaden his appeal. And I think that the Republican will win in Ohio, um, even though uh, he's a controversial guy. Uh, But Ohio seems to be trending red more and more and more, correct? It it is. And while uh, J.D. Vance came out of the box a little slowly, the polling recently I've seen has him a couple of points Ahead. And as you point out, the preference in the state is Republican. And then Pennsylvania, finally, uh, you have Fetterman, the Democrat, who can barely speak because of a physical stroke that he had. Um, but if he could speak, he'd be perhaps the most far left senatorial candidate in the country. And he's ahead of Oz. He is. I mean, Oz has few, if any, ties to Pennsylvania and was beaten up badly by Dave McCormick in the Republican primary, so he's got a high negative. I'd make Fetterman a narrow favorite. The polls have the race within four or five points now. Fetterman had started 10 to 12 points up. So Oz has a chance, but I bet narrowly on Fetterman. See, I'm going to bet on Oz because of of the debate. And if Oz can't take him to school on a debate, and that's happening, right? There is a debate between there Oz is, and yes. 
Okay. Fetterman decided to debate finally. I think that's going to be it for Fetterman. I mean, this guy is so far out there, you know, in 90 minutes on a stage, but Oz has to perform. Um, here in New York, where both of us are, you think Lee Zeldin has a chance to beat Kathy Hochul? I mean, two to one Democratic over Republican registered voters, machine Democrat. Hochul is so bad, so incompetent. City is so brutal and out of control. Highest tax burden in the country on New Yorkers. I mean, I'm looking at it going, I can't, I can't imagine people voting for Hochul. Does Zeldin have a chance? This is the governor's race. Yeah, an outside chance, Bill. I'd make her the favorite. Two reasons. He, Zeldin has been positioned too far right for New York. He's pro-life, and he has been a longtime supporter of Donald Trump, which in New York is toxic. You know, I don't know how much independents, though, are going to weigh that against the violent crime out of control. And that's directly because of Governor Hochul, who uh, won't revoke the no bail law when she could, uh, and the unbelievable inflation tax burden in the state. So you're probably right. The numbers are there. But I, if there were one upset that I could go to Vegas on, that might be it. All right, Doug Schoen, everyone, uh, one of the smartest political guys in the country. Appreciate it, Doug. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Okay, some data here uh, from the uh, Border Patrol. Um, arrests on the southern border, first 11 months of the fiscal year, okay, 2,150,000. 2,150,000. For the entire year under Trump, in August 2020, 50, I'm sorry, I'm misquoting here, 700,000, 700,000. So it's now with a month to go, so you'll, you might hit 3 million to Trump's 700,000. In August, the month just passed, 204,000 migrant encounters in Trump's August, last August, 50,000. So you can see that Biden's made the situation worse. There's no doubt about it. The border is not secure. It doesn't matter what Kamala Harris says. All right. Um, you can see that Biden has done it. But uh, again, if no one cares, the press certainly doesn't care. So they put them out. But if the vo individual voters don't care, then everything gets worse. So if you don't, if you have a leak in your ceiling and you don't care and you don't patch it, it's going to get worse and worse and, and soon you'll be flooded out. It's the same thing. Food supply. I get a lot of letters about food supply, food supply, food supply. Okay. Food prices are going up. How do I know that? Well, the Chicago Board of Trade has a futures market in food. Did you know that? Okay. Wheat prices are up 17% in the past 12 months. Corn, 28%. Soybeans, 14%. So all of the basic foods are going up on the futures market, which means that's what the prices are going to be in the future. So while gas is going down, food is going up. Okay? Now, the food supply in the USA is being constrained by a poor harvest. You know all the bad weather and the heat and the floods and everything like that. So 
Food production in the USA is down, but it's not down so that not, we're not going to have stuff at the grocery store. What is uh, worrisome is the worldwide food supply. Now, we, the United States, usually export food o- over to foreign nations. We sell food. We may not be able to do as much of that because we have to supply our own. But you will have enough food to, to survive and have a nice Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner. So don't panic. It's my job to do this. So we instituted a new uh, segment last week called the No Spin Flashback. And I'm looking for things that are interesting that have been said, obviously, in the past um, that we can spotlight for you. Uh, now, the first one, uh, we had Biden saying something dopey. Thursday, we're going to have Trump saying something. So that's what we use on Thursday. But today we're going to use a soundbite by a science fiction writer named Arthur Clarke. That name ring a bell? So he died in 2008 at age 90. And this guy, you know, he wrote a lot of stuff, including the screenplay for 2001, A Space Odyssey. He wrote that. So in 1964, September 21st, this day, no, tomorrow, tomorrow, 1964, okay, here's what Arthur Clarke said. Go. But what about the city of the day after tomorrow? say, the year 2000. I think it will be completely different. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough which has been made possible by developments in communications, particularly the transistor and, above all, the communications satellite. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other, wherever we may be, where we can contact our friends anywhere on Earth even if we don't know their actual physical location. Wow, huh? 1964. And now you can contact anybody on email and text anywhere, anytime. That's pretty impressive. Arthur Clarke. This day in history, this is a good one. September 20th, 1977. 45 years ago. Happy Days. One of the most popular sitcoms in the United States. But they're running out of ideas. The Happy Days writers are running out of ideas. And so they put on a scene. Roll the tape. So he goes water skiing in a leather jacket, number one. I love that. And then in the beginning, they have a shark, all right, under, under the water. This is in Malibu, California, right? 
So this episode was so dopey that the expression jumped the shark, entered the American lexicon. That's where Jump the Shark started with Fonzie Happy Days water skiing in a leather jacket with a shark somewhere in Malibu. That happened 45 years ago today. I'm proud to say I did not see that episode. By that time, Happy Days had run out of gas. And you can see what the result was. Back with mail and a final thought in a moment. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's go to the mail. Lee, concierge member. Lee gets direct access to me in a private setting. Bill, you have hit the hypocrisy nail on the head. Flights of hundreds of illegal migrants going all over the country is okay if the Biden administration does it. But if Republican governors consent to send a few to sanctuary cities, it is torture. So everybody knows the hypocrisy of this. So we're waiting for uh, Governor DeSantis to send illegals to Delaware to President Biden's home. But there may be a problem with doing that, a legal problem. So I'm not going to get into it until when and if it happens. But it's, you know, but this is, as we uh, explained yesterday, for a lot of good publicity to DeSantis in the conservative precincts. Carrie Fosberg, Grovertown, Indiana. Bill, I believe the Biden administration is going to grant voting rights to illegal immigrants just before the 2024 election. Carrie, that would be unconstitutional and it will never happen. Okay, so again, it's like the food supply. This stuff goes out on the Internet. People read it. They get nervous. They get worried. So no one in the legislative branch of our government 
can do a magic wand amnesty and give non-citizens the right to vote. Okay? It's not going to happen. It can't happen. And the Supreme Court would prevent it from happening. All right. James Boslow, Loveland, Colorado. Conservatives and traditionalists listen and watch conservative media. Likewise with liberal and liberal media. Most Americans are ignorant and lackadaisical. Not many Americans read or pay attention to any politics, just their pocketbook. So why bother with politics? Because your pocketbook is hooked right into politics. Trump, last year in office, inflation, 1.2%. That's politics. You got rid of Trump, and now we have 8.3% inflation in less than two years. So you're right, James. Millions and millions of voters don't pay attention, but you do that at your own peril. Frank Woods, Buffalo, New York. Question checking your prediction on Biden. He does not run in 2024. Handicap it at 50 percent. He doesn't finish out his first term. Lastly, he does everything progressives ask a rubber stamp. Why wouldn't they want him again? Because by that point, Joe Biden is going to be such a diminished man and president couldn't possibly win in 24. That's why. And they know that's where it's heading. It's not, it's not like there's going to be this miraculous um, turnaround like Ronald Reagan. If you read Killing Reagan, that was miraculous after he was shot. Um, that's not going to happen with Biden. And the Democratic Party knows it. Lois Bohm, uh, Tucson, Arizona. Bill, you're absolutely correct about being proactive regarding your health. By having regular checkups and addressing certain health issues promptly, I am a two-time survivor of cancer. I caught it early, and it was successfully treated. Well, there you go, Lois, and we're glad you're here. We want everybody to be here. You see a lump. You see something that shouldn't be there. You're not feeling well. You got to go. I know it's inconvenient. I mean, I'm the busiest guy on the planet. I have to do it. All right? It kills me. All right? But I got to get the test. I got to get this. I got to get that stuff off my skin or I'm going to be in a grave. Simple as that. David, concierge member, Bill, looking forward to Killing Legends, watched Elvis, the movie, over the weekend, and it left me more questions than answers. I'm going to address that in the final thought because it's uh, coming up fast, two weeks from today, Killing the Legends, and I'll address it in the final thought. Okay, so we hope you uh, become premium members and recommend that to your friends. Maybe gift them premium membership, concierge membership. If you do, you get a free copy of any of my books, including Killing the Legends. And, um, you know, if you want the best coverage of the midterm elections, it's right here. That's where it's going to be. And word of the day, do no palter, P-A-L-T-E-R, when writing to Bill, O'Reilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, name and town. I'm getting a lot of mail, particularly on the radio side. Remember, about 100 stations carrying the No Spin News on the radio at night. If you want to correspond with me, you have to put your name and town after. Now, if you don't want me to use your name, I won't. If you say don't use my name or just use my first name, that's fine. But I got to know it's a legitimate letter. All right, no Paul to P-A-L-T or I'm writing to me. Back with a final thought in a moment. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, so uh, Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity, coming up fast, one week from today. And advanced sales are strong. Um, It is a different kind of killing book. It is contemporary history. It is social history in the sense that these men were not politicians, but each of them influenced the way we live right now. Right now. And each of them died after being crushed by their celebrity, and they were all betrayed. And I get into this in a way that I think you're going to find mesmerizing. I got a friend of mine uh, who's seen it all, all right, media guy, and uh, he loves Ali, but he's interested in Elvis Presley and John Lennon as well. You know, he's in a culture. He knows. He th- and he says, I thought I knew about these guys, all right? And I didn't know anything really about them. And he read the book. I sent him the book. I sent it to certain people that I wanted to get feedback from, and I know they would give me honest feedback. So that pleased me, because our research, Dugard and I, we really went, the movie Elvis is okay. It doesn't teach you anything about Elvis. It teaches you nothing about him, okay? It's just basically a, a hit reel, a highlight reel. And then at the end, you can see him dissipating, the actor's great who plays Elvis, but you don't know why. You really don't know what happened. Um, and when you find out what happened, then you can correspond it to today. So famous people, all famous people in America are in danger. And that's because of the Internet. Now, when I was younger, working my way up, I wanted to be famous. I remember having a conversation with my father when I told him I was leaving Channel 2, WCBS-TV in New York, where he could watch me every night. And he goes, why are you doing that? And I said, because I want to be a national. I want to be a national journalist correspondent. He goes, oh, you're crazy. You got it made here in New York. Da, 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 da. So I, I went against his advice, and I went national. And it was very hard. But I really wanted to be famous. Now, if you had asked me back then why, I would not have been able to tell you. I think it was recognition of my work rather than, you know, I don't, I'm a private guy. I don't put pictures and stuff on the Internet. I think that's just stupid. I mean, look what's happening to Tom Brady and his wife now. Because they would do way too much on the Internet. All right, Ben Affleck and uh, what's her name? Uh, J-Lo. Every day, you know, enough. You're putting yourself at risk. But all famous people in America are in danger. 
now because it's a national sport to see them go down. And then sometimes they come back up, but sometimes they don't. All right. But it's like fun for people to see other people destroyed. And that's wrong. But it's celebrated on Twitter. It's celebrated on Instagram. You know it. Let's go in there right now and look at the vile stuff that's posted. And this mainstreams it, that you can attack famous people. All right. So I have nothing against President Biden at all, personally. I don't think he's doing a good job for the country. And that's what I base my reporting on. All right. But it's all fact based. I don't accuse him of stuff that I can't back up. Same thing with Trump. Okay, same thing with Trump. I mean, a man was accused of everything under the sun. It was a sport. Destroy Trump. And now on a lesser level, destroy Biden. And these are presidents, so you understand the intensity of that position. But in the entertainment and sports world, it's just as intense. People will hurt you. I mean, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals after they won the game on Sunday went over to high five some of the fans in the stands and somebody slapped them across the face. I mean, it's just incomprehensible. And, and Lennon, when you see John Lennon, we all know he was assassinated. OK, but when you see what it led up to that. All right. And how he, vulnerable he was. He left himself open. And it was because he didn't have anybody there saying, hey, John. Now, Presley, he, he did have guards and he had guys around him. That was a different situation. And Ali, which may be the most horrendous of the three, Muhammad Ali, well, what happened to him? Nobody knows what happened to him because the press wouldn't tell you. I don't think the press knows but they could have found out because we did. We found out. And where do you see what happened to that man? One of the most magnificent athletes the world has ever seen. And African-Americans and, and blacks the world over idolized his achievements, Muhammad Ali. They idolized his achievements. He, he was an uplifter, a very important historical figure. I would say he's more important historically than Elvis and Lennon. But Elvis was extremely important because when he came on the scene, the whole American culture changed. Before Elvis, there wasn't rock and roll at a major level. Okay? He comes on the scene, everything, all hell breaks loose because of his entertainment, because of his charisma and what he was doing. Change everything. Change how younger people interacted with their parents, changed how entertainment was presented, changed every single thing in this country. Elvis. And he got crushed by it. He didn't understand all of it. Wasn't a well-educated man, but he wasn't stupid. Elvis Presley was, was fairly fairly smart in his evaluation of things, okay? Uneducated, so was Lenin, so was Ali. None of them had education. But anyway, the book, I wrote the book because I want people to know that being famous in all regards in the United States is dangerous. It can kill you.
And that's why so many of these people go to drugs. That's why so many of them are married five, six times. All right? Because they lose control of it. Upside money, upside everybody saying how great you are, all of that. Yeah. But the downside is a hundred times worse than the upside. So I think that uh, if you pre-order Killing the Legends, it'll be a book that you can't put down. My friend couldn't put it down. He just read it cover to cover, like went up, ate a little, got got some drinks, and then came back and ran anyway. I think that's what's going to happen. And I want your feedback. Different book, different killing book. But believe me, when I tell you, it will be worth your time. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We will see you tomorrow.